This is True Self, a podcast about seeking to know who we really are using the language of astrology. I'm Laura Sweat. This week on the podcast, we have questions from two letter writers who are wondering what astrology has to tell them about their career paths, about finding their purpose and living it out. We're going to talk about how we look at career in astrology, the way that it intersects with big themes of self-actualization and really enlightenment. And we're going to talk about the different specific parts of your chart you can look at to start to understand indicators about your own career and your own calling. Then we're going to talk to our two letter writers specifically about what their charts have to say about their careers. And finally, we're going to wrap up with an exercise that you can do to start connecting to your own gifts and talents and living them out more fully. So it's an exciting new format. I'm ready to get started. And here we go. Our letters today are from MJ and Jesse. MJ writes, I'm wondering if I'm on the right path. I feel that I'm always confused, going in one direction, and then I stop. Just seeking some guidance. And Jesse writes, Hi there. I'm struggling to find my purpose in life, and I'd like some direction on how, where to find it. So we're going to answer MJ and Jesse's questions in three parts. First, I'm going to talk about what we're talking about when we're talking about career in astrology. There is a self-actualization spiritual piece to this that's very important, and I need to rant about it for just a minute. Then we're going to talk about what you look for in your birth chart when you're thinking about your career and how you can use astrology to develop yourself in your career. And finally, we're going to talk about MJ and Jesse specifically, and I'm going to talk to them about some of the signatures in their chart that they specifically can look to as they're figuring out the answers to these questions. Okay, so first we're going to talk about what we're talking about when we're talking about career in astrology. Sometimes we have career questions and those questions are really about what next move could make us a little bit happier. What would be a better fit for our skills and bring us to more of a peaceful, happy, fulfilled existence? That's kind of the low end of the scale when we're talking about career moves. And then the high end of the scale, the very ambitious end of the scale is how do I become the, what is it? Not the best version of myself, the most fully realized version of myself. How do I achieve self-actualization where I get to live out all of my greatest gifts and share them with other people and be able to contribute to the world in the mode of my greatest, most profound gifts, having fully understood them? That is a big project. It's what Jung called self-actualization. I think it is a form of enlightenment. It's certainly liberation. It's, it's a very big spiritual goal. And 
the lower end of the scale where we're just trying to make a move that's going to make us a little bit happier is a lot more achievable. And it's honestly what most people are talking about when they're asking about career decisions. Most people are not thinking about achieving total self-actualization when they're talking about career achievements uh, or career moves. But, you know, we have a lot of intersection of our self-worth with our career, um, where we feel like our value in the world is based on how successful we are, even if we're trying to deprogram that belief in ourselves or we don't believe it when it's stated so bluntly to us. Um, that's a, an unconscious belief, at least, that many of us are carrying around and lots of people carry it around consciously and believe that some people are worth more than others based on how successful they've been in their career. And that's total bullshit. It's just not real. I, You know, some people are going to have these very public successes and other people are going to work in ways that are quieter and... Um, don't end up in any history books. And we really can all trust that whatever we do with our lives in terms of our career is what we needed to do. Some of us don't need to be famous or out there or, um, you know, making a lot of money. And that doesn't says, say anything about our relative value compared to each other. We're actually all equally valuable, totally and absolutely, regardless of what kinds of achievements we get under our belts. So I'm saying all this in advance of answering this question because as an astrologer, when I look at your chart, I'm looking at your potential for self-actualization, what kinds of gifts you can tap into in yourself that allow you to come more and more in touch with what you are best at, how you can best share yourself with other people, um, what's going to thrill you to see a part of you impacting another person. For some people, this is poetry and art and music. It thrills them to see what they've created affecting another person and changing reality in some way because it's mixed with another human being. For some people, it's leadership, their ability to lead. It thrills them to see that impact on other people. For some people, it's caring and nurturing. For some people, it's physically expressing themselves. There's so many ways that we can have impact on other people and and connect to other people and mix who we are with who another person is and create a new reality out of that. And I think that that ultimately, the ability to do that fully, consciously, um, and joyfully is really what I am talking about when I'm talking about self-actualization and career. And that's mixed in with not only a lot of stuff about self-worth, but let's face it, also a lot of stuff about uh, just living in a society that is trying to create a worker out of you, not a self-actualized being out of you. So if you've moved through uh, different job changes, job moves, in your life, if you're old enough to have gone through that process before, you know that so much of the quality of life when you get a job is about the people you're working with. And then that almost is before and ahead of what you're actually doing. We're so subject to, does the company have to actually give a shit? 
about me as a human being? And most of the time the answer is no, because that's the world that we live in, right? So you can find a job that you're really well suited to, but the company sucks and it's not going to make you happy, you know? But, you know, at least you've progressed in some way when you've made that move. You've found something that you're good at, and that is at least a step on the road. So I took my initial shot at answering this question. I went on like a 20-minute rant about trying to self-actualize in the context of capitalism that I think was maybe a little much, but everybody ought to understand that we can be very hard on ourselves about this and there's lots of stuff going up against us in terms of being able to find our path and find a way to express what is special about us uh, in the context of a culture that constantly tells us our worth and value is based on how successful we are. And also in the context of a culture that really doesn't give a shit if we ever figure it out and, and benefits from us just working without thinking, right? That's, you know... We're up against a lot when we're in a, a career pursuit, when we're looking for the best thing to do with our time and the most valuable way to spend our existence. It's big work and you should be nice to yourself about it, is the summary of my thoughts here. Okay, so when it comes to using astrology to locate your greatest gifts and talents, we're going to talk about the main things that you would look at first when talking about career, but honestly, the whole chart is useful, your entire birth chart, which is going to speak to your things that are easy for you, your contradictions, and your wounds, and often your greatest gifts are actually found in the contradictions and the wounds a little bit more than they're found in the things that are easy for you creativity and motivation really tends to emerge from the things that have been hard for us more than it emerges from the things that have been easy for us. So knowing your whole chart, being able to start to speak the language of the ways the different parts of you interact with one another and, and reading that language for yourself it takes quite a long time. That's a long-term commitment, but it's definitely worth getting into and starting to go down that path. If you have started to go down that path of looking at your birth chart and starting to read it and understand it, there are a couple of things that we would look at first in thinking about your career or your greatest gifts or how your existence is going to kind of create fruits in the world. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I am constantly talking about the 10th house as the fruits of your existence because for some reason I have not found another metaphor that sounds less silly than that. Anyway, so one of the first things we're going to look at when it comes to your career is your 10th house and a point that we call the MC. So in whole sign houses, which is the system that I use, it's an old system, a Hellenistic system, those can be different. You can have a different 10th house uh, from your MC. Your MC can be in a different sign and a different house than your 10th house. If that's the case, then you have additional information about that career. The MC is going to tell you part of it and the 10th house is going to tell you part of it. 
if you're using a system that lines up the MC with the 10th house, then no problem. You got one thing to think about. But we look for the 10th house and we look for the MC. Other things we might look at um, include what we call stelliums. That is a lot of planets in one sign or one house. Those can point you towards places where you just have a lot of energy. A lot, you've come in with a lot going on in that particular part of the chart. The reason reason I've named my practice 8th house is that I have an 8th house stellium and it gives me this kind of uh, underworld expertise <laughs> walking through the dark parts of life uh, and that that is one of the things that I'm particularly good at. It's not necessarily sunny, but it is part of who I am. So we would also look at your north node and your south node, which you can call the nodal axis. In modern astrology, the north node is going to give you information about the kinds of things that you can stretch towards, uh, that you will find talent in, but are going to require you to get a little uncomfortable, move yourself in a new direction, and that are ultimately going to balance your karma. So it's kind of like an advice card. If you're working with only one part of your chart initially. I think working with the nodal axis, the north and south node, can be good because you only have to think about one piece of it. The south node tells you about the things that you've come into this life with a lot of emphasis on and you're very good at, so you have natural talents in them, but you might be a little unbalanced in your emphasis on them and you need to focus more on your north node to get balanced. So, for example, if you're coming into life with a Sagittarius South Node, you probably are very good at seeking out new knowledge and growing, and you might really love lecturing people about what's really going on. Your Gemini North Node is telling you to stretch towards being able to communicate well and make meaning and uh, enjoy conversation over uh, lecturing and truth-telling in the Sagittarius style. So it's not that you're not allowed to use your Sagittarius talents in this view of the North and South Node. It's just that if you want to be balanced and you want to make your life better, you need to move towards those Gemini themes. The North and South Nodes stay in the same place for about uh, one and a half years, I think, one and a half to two. And that means that people born around the same time are going to have those nodes in the same sign. And so sometimes it can be really important to look at the house, the houses these nodes show up in, because those are going to tell you the areas of life where you have a lot of emphasis and a lot of talents, and then maybe too little emphasis, and you need to stretch yourself towards um, and those, the house placement of your nodes is going to be more personal to you, but the sign placement of your nodes is going to tell you this kind of generational theme that you were born into, kind of a cohort of karmic balancing that you were born into. Then for an astrologer looking at your chart, somebody who can really understand how everything is interacting, I would definitely look at the tensions and the conflicts and the wounds in your chart because those are usually going to point to your greatest gifts. Your greatest struggles usually end up 
being the things that you're particularly good at. So when we're talking about tension and conflict in the chart, there may be squares and oppositions, needle squares and oppositions uh, that we're looking at to see where tension and conflict is coming up in the personality. And then we would also be looking at squares and oppositions that are coming up as the planets move, so as you experience transit, to show us when you're going to be running into those tensions in real life. But I'm always telling people that the sunny side of a difficult transit, the the thing that we can all appreciate about it, is that it's going to reveal something new about what you are particularly gifted at and good at. We get to level up through difficult transits and through difficult parts of our chart. We are basically learning how to be ourselves through these difficulties. And so, you know, it may be tempting to look in your chart for the stuff that's really easy for you. That would be like trines and sextiles and let's say your south node, right? Stuff that comes naturally. And it's not that you want to ignore that. But honestly, the stuff that carries the most pain is the stuff that, uh, according to this theory that we base astrology on, You have brought into your life, you've incarnated to have these challenges so that you could grow into yourself. And so you want to pay particular attention to the really difficult stuff because you've brought that in, in some sense, to be able to grow into who you mean to be. So there's a body in astrology called Chiron. It's known as a centaur because it has this sort of unusual behavior Um, Often we call it an asteroid because it was initially an asteroid. You can call it a minor planet. It doesn't matter. It's a little thing that exists in the solar system, uh, moves in an unusual way, and we look to it to represent our deepest wounds and our capacity to heal others. So the concept here is where you find this deep wound, you also find uh, your capacity to heal other people, and that can tell us a lot about our career Honestly, I think wherever it shows up in our chart, especially if it's prominent, um, for our two letter writers today, it is very prominent and it's very prominent in their houses of career. So we're going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about MJ and Jesse specifically. So I'm going to start off talking about what the two of you have in common, and then I'm going to split you up and talk about you a little bit separately. Um, One note that I want to make here is that anything an astrologer can tell you about the significators in your chart, significations of your chart, it's like hints, right? When we're talking about this great work of self-actualizing, of becoming our fully embodied selves, this is work that only you can do. And an astrologer can give you the hints and tell you what things are pointing to, but then you're going to need to put that together for yourself. So I'm going to go through what we're seeing in MJ and Jesse's charts, and then I'm going to close out this episode with an exercise that you can do to help you start making contact with your greatest gifts and talents. It's not an astrological exercise, but you can use it in concert with learning about uh, your chart and what it has to say about your career. Okay, so MJ and Jesse have two things in common. One is that they are both Virgos. Jesse is a Virgo sun, 
and a Virgo MC. That's that point that tells us about the career. And MJ is a Cancer Sun, but a Virgo rising, which means that both of these letter writers have strong Virgo influence over what this incarnation of themselves is about. Virgo tends to need to find meaningful work as kind of its prime directive. And so seeing Virgo show up prominently in the charts of these two letter writers uh, really makes a lot of sense that this is the number one thing that's on their minds right now. The other thing that Jesse and MJ have in common is that they each have this placement of Chiron within one degree of the point we call the MC. That is prominent and noticeable, and it means that the deepest wounds in life have to do with how you're showing up in the world and sort of how you're fruiting, coming into sharing your gifts with the world. To return to our initial theory that our greatest wounds um, tend to point us toward what we're going to be best at and what we need to do with our career, looking at these two charts, each of these people seeing Chiron on the MC, I would say, oh, this is going to be tough. And I would also say, Career is really important to these two people, and it's going to be a major focus of their lives. Um, This is a placement. It's not like a really exciting, happy placement where you're like, oh, you've got the sun on the MC. Although Jesse actually also does have their son in the same house with their MC and their Chiron. Um, That can be like a very like, oh, this is a nice career placement for you. Chiron is a lot harder, but it does point to the significance of the career for both of these individuals in that they're experiencing deep wounds in this part of their lives that is about how they are sharing themselves with the world and what they're known for. So going to MJ specifically, MJ is our Cancer Sun with Virgo rising. MJ has the MC point in Gemini, which is also MJ's 10th house, and Chiron is one degree away from that MC. So the MC is 15 degrees Gemini. Chiron is 16 degrees Gemini. And just for good measure, um, MJ's ascendant is 14 degrees Virgo, which means that it's squaring or creating tension with this uh, Chiron point. It would always be squaring the MC. That's fine. But it's, it's squaring Chiron as well. Creates It creates additional friction and tension. Um, MJ's Mercury is in Cancer along with their sun. I'm just pointing that out because when we're talking about the ascendant sign, the where the ruler of that sign shows up is important to understanding the ascendant. And so MJ is a Cancer sun who is also a very Cancer-like Virgo rising. So there's a lot of Cancer in MJ's Virgo. A lot of Virgo and MJ's Cancer. They're really mixed up. So there are indicators in MJ's chart of being someone who is both very nurturing oriented and very service oriented, who is also a humanitarian and tends to emotionally regulate in a style that brings them back to the good of the world continuously. And so there's there's a good balance of elements in MJ's chart. They're sort of equal parts, emotional, intuitive, 
intellectual, communicative, creative leadership, and which one am I missing? Grounded sort of material reality, grounded in material reality in the body. MJ has a really good mix of elemental signatures in their chart. And so they're not necessarily oriented towards one or the other of those things by itself. But with the Virgo rising, I would point any Virgo rising to the fact that going inward, following the inner light, knowing that you can find what's going on with you within your body, that's always a good tip to start with if you have any prominent Virgo in your chart. When we're looking at the Gemini 10th house and the Gemini MC in general, forgetting about Chiron being there, for anybody with a Gemini 10th house or a Gemini MC, we would say that something about the career is focused on communication, making meaning, finding a voice, being able to voice something. Um, that might show up in music, it might show up in writing, it might show up in speaking or or talking a lot. You could see a Gemini MC as a teacher, um, although it's a Gemini style of teaching where the effectiveness of the communication is the primary focus. Um, so it's it's a career style that is very much in the realm of communication. When we see Chiron showing up there, I would say that something about finding one's voice and being able to speak meaning and and share meaning is where the wound is. And then we can also take from that that one of MJ's big gifts to the world is that they can help other people find their voice and help other people um come into this ability to communicate in the way that they are coming into an ability to communicate. One thing I'm very excited to get to tell MJ is that they wrote this question when Venus was retrograding over these parts of their chart. And so this was probably a painful last few months as Venus passed over Chiron and the MC and then went back over those parts and so that that necessarily is a review when when there's a retrograde over this part of your chart and then now Venus has stationed direct today on Thursday when I'm posting this and will be returning over those charts but with those parts of the chart but with a little more resolution with with resolution it'll be wrapping it up so one thing I would say with this question being about stops and starts, is that at the time you wrote this question, you were in a period of review about this exact part of your life, your career, and your wounds around it. So it was a very natural time to be answering the question, asking the question, I should say, and coming back around to it um, as Venus goes back over this part of your chart, you're going to get some kind of resolution or I'm not going to say full on answer because that's a little too simplistic when we're talking about this part of our lives, but you know, resolution around this question. And for you, MJ, the key dates there, when we're getting to July 19th through the 24th, that's when you're coming back. In fact, I would even go out 
like you go a few days ahead and behind of that too. Um, Mid-July to late July, you're going to be coming back to the questions that you were having when you were writing this. You also were experiencing that uh, mid to late April and then uh, late May to early June. So that's that's been the emphasis on the questions and you get to come back to it in mid to late July, kind of get a little more resolution around those questions. The other thing I would point out to you, MJ, is that you are an eighth house Aries North node. Uh, the Aries North node means that stretching yourself towards taking care of your own needs, uh, being protective of your own self is a path to balancing your karma. Um, you may have a lot of talents in making peace, focusing on justice, focusing on beauty even, but as you stretch yourself towards protecting yourself and and doing that out of uh, the understanding that you are worth protecting, you start to bring things in your life into balance. So you have a lot of caring serving, thinking about humanity indicators in your chart. So I think it is important to understand that part of what you are being asked to stretch towards is protecting your own self. And that should start to even out some stuff uh, in your life. That's also an eighth house north node. The eighth house is the house of birth, death, and transformation. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast already. And so that can mean um, perhaps stretching away, stretching into a focus on transformation and letting old selves sort of die back so that new selves can be birthed um, and focusing a little less on the self-worth and value part of the equation that comes in in the second house. Um, with with the Libra South Node influence. So all in all, Jesse, uh, I'm sorry, MJ, the, the other additional thing I would say is that there is this indicator. Again, it's a generational indicator, but only for Virgo risings because of the way it shows up in your chart um, of Uranus in the fourth house of roots and origins opposing Chiron in the 10th house of the fruits of you in the world. And so this indicator, I've seen it in a couple people's charts before, I guess because I know so many Virgo risings that were born around this time, but it, it looks to, are there issues around upheaval during childhood that have resulted in this challenge with speaking or finding your voice? And um, being able to connect those two things might help you start to get a handle on the wound, which then ultimately helps you get a handle on the career as well. Um, you know, you asked about stops and starts, so I'm trying to sort of come back to that a little bit. Um, there's part of it that I think is very natural for somebody who has this much emphasis on the career part of their chart. There's kind of... Um, with this kind of an emphasis, probably you know it's important for you to, to be going in the right direction. This is not an unimportant part of your life. So when you feel yourself missed up, you're probably taking that seriously. Or when you feel that things are a little off, you're probably taking that seriously. Um, and 
there really are, like, there are communication challenges here. Um, they show up, they're kind of echoed in different places. Um, so, you know, I, I'm guessing that you wanted to hear what I had to say about the astrological indicators to sort of get a sense of whether what you're doing is lining up with those indicators. Um, so hopefully this has been helpful in that way. But I would also say, like, um, this is a life of being able to mix. Like, when I look at this map of a soul, I see a life where a person can mix these very caring and nurturing qualities with a capacity to find one's own voice, to protect one's own self, and to sort of be reborn into new selves. And that's where the magic happens, is when all that stuff can happen together. And this person is a kind of warrior of, uh, of walking through the underworld journey and being able to come out on the other side with a gift. So I hope that resonates in some way. Let's turn now to Jesse, who was our second letter writer, who is looking for maybe more general advice. Um, they're a little bit younger and um, pre-Saturn return, which is lovely. So Jesse is a Virgo sun with a Virgo MC and a Virgo Chiron. The MC is at 13 degrees Virgo. Chiron is at 14 degrees Virgo, and the sun is at 16 degrees Virgo. So they're all very close together in this house that is about service and finding meaningful work. Jesse is a Capricorn rising, which means that they probably have some focus on um, achieving, which can be very challenging at this moment in time when we're all kind of being disabused of our desires to achieve. Um, and very prominently, Jesse has a big Scorpio stellium. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list the placements you have in Scorpio. It's a lot and it's cool. You've got your moon in Scorpio exactly conjunct your Venus. So you've got a moon Venus conjunct in Scorpio. Then Jupiter is next in Scorpio. You've got your North Node in Scorpio, and finally you have Pluto in Scorpio, which most people um, in the millennial generation do. So it's a big old Scorpio stellium, and it's your 11th house of social circle and community that you find those uh, sort of that sort of particularly particular emphasis in your chart. Um. Jesse, you are a more watery and earthy person. You have substantial water and earth, a little bit of air, and no placements in any fire signs. No placements in any fire signs. So um, having a lot of water and earth means being a very intuitive and receptive person. And so the water is going to be interpersonal skills, the capacity to understand and influence other people. And the earth is going to be grounded skills, material skills, um, hmm, all kinds of interesting stuff. We do have to pick what we're going to talk about. Um, but the ability to sort of be an incarnated being well, to take 
to take care of your material needs well. Uh, not all earth signs are going to identify with that. It's a little oversimplified, but uh, earth placements are connection to the body, connection to nature, connection to the rhythms of the world. It's it's that connection to incarnated experience that we find in earth signs. So a couple of things are jumping out to me here. One is the intense wateriness of your chart, um, real capacity for understanding other human beings and being able to influence them here. Um, with a lot of the water influence showing up in Scorpio um, and in the 11th house, there could be something about uh, working in some kind of environment where you are in a social circle, in a community, in a, a, you know, a group of some kind. I'm thinking like a a nonprofit kind of thing or maybe even politics, although I would rarely recommend that to anyone. Um, But, you know, there's something about being able to be an of influence within the social circle that's really emphasized here. And your north node is also in this house and your south node is in Taurus in the fifth house. So the implication there is you might have come into the world with talents and skills in doing your own thing, chilling out, taking care of your own business, enjoying yourself, relaxing, and also like because it's the fifth house um, being in a creative mode. And what you're asked asked to stretch towards with this North Node in Scorpio, along with all of these other planets, is uh, focus on how you show up in community, how you show up in a group, not so much your own individual thing, but how you're connecting with other people, how you support other people, um, and end up being like a strength for them as part of their team. And the implication with Venus and Jupiter there in that 11th house with that north node in Scorpio is that when you do that there's almost just extra luck coming at you when you are able to connect to other people and um support them and and understand what's going on for them people with Scorpio understand this there's a way of seeing under the surface of a person that allows you to help them in this way that kind of doesn't exist in any other sign and especially as a Scorpio moon you really 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 have access to this it's one of the nicest Scorpio moon placements I feel like I've seen because you've got so much uh backing it up and helping it Scorpio moons can be very difficult we say the moon is in its fall in Scorpio um but with this assistance you're getting from Venus and Jupiter, it's maybe not quite as difficult for you as it might be for some people. It is a very stormy, emotional way of dealing with our feelings uh, to have the Scorpio moon. And it can take some growing up to master that. Um, A lot of the time, Scorpio moons, I feel like early in their life are sort of in denial about how intense their emotions really are. Um... But there's real potential for you to master that as a part of your life. But that's not where your MC is showing up. 
it's not where your career indicator is showing up and it's not where this big wound is showing up. So let's talk about that. With the Sun Chiron MC placement all within three degrees of each other, we're talking about a way of incarnating, a deepest wound, and a need to show up in the world as someone who can be of service and engaged in meaningful work, someone who can be analytical, someone who can uh, use their mind to understand and sort through information, especially because this MC placement is ninth house for you. It's not 10th house. The ninth house can be about higher education and growth and learning. And so a Virgo MC in the ninth house along with the sun there, it just, it speaks to something about um, higher education and being able to sort through deep information. And when I see Chiron there, I think that the wound um, that this person is experiencing might have something to do with maybe how they regard their own intellect or how they think of themselves in this realm of growth and learning and expansion um, and being able to sort through and analyze information. But again, there may be a wound there. There's also strong indicators that that is that those themes have something to do with what you've come here to do. Um, there's an opposition for you, Jesse, with your Saturn in Pisces. Um, it's not super close, so you might not feel it as strongly, but um, there is an indicator of some kind of, let's say, pessimism or self-doubt. Um, again, it is affecting this realm of intellect. It's in the third house. And it might relate to um, feeling uncomfortable with vulnerability or being impatient with kind of out there um, spirituality, that kind of stuff, okay? So that's standing in opposition to this Sun, Chiron, MC, in Virgo, which is certainly more practical. Um, I would point you back, Jesse, to both the Virgo and Pisces episodes of this podcast because the Pisces episode is going to tell you something about this sort of essential struggle that you're having. Maybe the Pisces themes are difficult for you to connect to. And the Virgo episode is going to tell you something about what you've come here to do and where you can find this ability to share yourself. And the two things are very, very linked. So when you go through your Saturn return in a few years, a lot of doors are going to open um, in this part of your life. In fact, that might be a time when you really start to put together what all this means for you. Um, in the meantime, when we go through a Virgo or a Pisces season, or you hear that there are big Virgo or Pisces transits, check in and see what's going on for you. Because that Virgo-Pisces axis of knowing through 
grounded connection to the body in Virgo and knowing through kind of the ethereal out there capacities in Pisces, that's a really important access for you in understanding how this wound is showing up uh, in the Virgo ninth house and with the MC. You also have your 10th house in Libra, which contains your Mercury. That's your only air placement. So I would add that um, something about the career is also characterized by Libran energy of perhaps seeking justice, seeking balance and harmony. That can include like sort of beauty making and or, or artistic pursuits, or it might be a little more uh, humanitarian in its focus. But that also sort of flavors the career in some way. You know, Jesse, I recognize that it's very annoying for astrologers to tell people younger than 27 that they have to wait for their Saturn return to understand what's going on with their chart. And I don't want to tell you that. But I do want to say that prior to our first Saturn return, it can be harder to connect to certain parts of our chart. Um, We learn a lot about ourselves during that time that kind of makes things come into focus. There's a reason why people often get into astrology at their Saturn return. It's like this stuff that's in their chart is starting to make sense at that time. Um, Where like before that, it might just be sort of too disparate to put it together. But I think you can consistently return to um for for now certainly the fact that you have these intense scorpionic talents that they rest in how you show up in social circle and community and that um connecting to others understanding them at a deep level and then in some way being able to provide an analysis or a a study with this Virgo MC, those things are definitely prominent in what you are good at and in how you might share yourself with the world. I almost see like, um, like you can imagine a research scientist who is focused on psychology or something like that, right? The the scorpionic connection to other people and to what's going on with other people and the Virgo studiousness and analytical capacity, those connect in some way um, in your life. They're important themes in your life. So I have a suggested assignment for the two of you that is also an assignment for everybody who wants to be working out how to share themselves more fully, how to come into contact with their gifts more fully um, in this lifetime. So this is the exercise. Make a list of the stuff that you get to do in your life today that you know you are good at and that you know you enjoy. It lights you up in some way. It feels like self-expression. We were talking about this earlier in the podcast. It might be poetry or art or music. It might be Uh, connecting to other people and helping them to heal and work through problems. It might be leading other people. It might be moving your body. It might be 
what else did we talk about? Analyzing and understanding information, communicating, all, all that kind of stuff. Anything that you get to do right now that you know in some way is tapping into what you are good at. This isn't a competition. We're not placing you next to everybody else in the world and being like, okay, but are you best at that? That's not what we're doing right now. We're just locating those parts of you that you get to experience right now as being very good at. Don't just look to your job. Look to your interpersonal relationships. Look to what you do for fun. Look to all of that stuff. And you're going to make an inventory of the things that you are best at. If you want to enhance this practice, let me recommend that you start asking people around you what they think you're best at. Your coworkers, your friends, your partners, your parents. Um, just ask them what they think you're best at and see what they answer with. Um, that kind of an exercise can be really useful to starting to see stuff that you might take for granted that other people very clearly notice about you. Anyway, make an inventory. And then you're going to keep a journal for at least two weeks, but more if you need it, where every day you're going to write down a way that you were able to do something you're best at that day. And you're going to experience your gratitude for getting to do that that day. So not only are we starting to keep a record here of how you're able to use what you are best at and use who you are and share who you are on a daily basis. We're also using a little bit of a magical principle here, which is that when you bring your focus to something, you tend to bring more of it into your life. So as you start to focus on the ways that you get to do what you're best at now, you might find, experiment with it, that you start to unlock more and more experiences of getting to do what you're best at. So Try it for two weeks, see what goes down, and let me know how it works for you. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do it for the next two weeks. I've been a little confused about what I'm doing, so hopefully that'll clarify something for me. So that is the show for this week. I am thinking that I'm going to do an astrological weather report on Monday, because I was initially thinking I would mix the two together. I know I don't want to do that because it's going to be too long. Um, but I do kind of want to talk about what's going on astrologically in this podcast. So I might end up doing two episodes a week or maybe it'll be a one-time thing. I, You know, we're figuring it out. Um, please go to my website and ask me a question if you have a question for this podcast. Um I'm going to continue posting these advice episodes on Thursdays and leave me a review. Let me know if you're liking it. Uh, Drop me a note. Do all that stuff. And thanks. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.